I'm absolutely convinced that all men, including you and I, have hidden potential that's not been tapped into. The team and I have designed a quiz for you to work out what that could be, and there's a link to it in the show notes. I'll tell you more at the end, but for now, enjoy the episode. It was more so that I felt, I've never felt it really described me, and I've always felt like my sexuality was, is a part of me, but it doesn't define me. Welcome to Stories of Men, Beneath the Surface. I'm Alex Melia. Join me as we discover what it means to be a man in the modern era. Today we're hearing what it takes to live an authentic life, even when those closest to us might not approve. Larry says he was like Jekyll and Hyde growing up. On the one hand, he was a bit of a tearaway. He had no qualms about getting into fights, but there was a gentle side to him as well. There was a part of Larry that his dad never understood, until one day when he decided to change that. Ever since I was kind of a teenager, I was always quite aware there was something other there with my sexuality, even from as young as a kid, uh, you know, seven, eight years old. But even when I was telling my friends when I was like 17, 18, it was something that I never felt really right saying that I was this or I was that. So I used to say to my friends, oh, don't put me in a box. My dad was from a very different time to me. He went through quite a traumatic time himself growing up. And it just got to the stage where I felt it was a massive barrier between us anyway, in terms of communication. The love was very much there, but the communication was kind of a bit stagnant. So I felt maybe frustrated that I needed him to know a bit more about my life. So when it came to my sexuality, I wanted to tell him about it. And I knew I was going to do it. I thought about it on and off. I used to work for this design company on the reception. And I think I did it from there. I was having a phone call with him and it just came out. I basically just said, Dad, I, I just, I need to tell you something. I need to tell you something about my life. And because my dad was such a worrier and he was just, he had this thing about him that he could just make people laugh with one-liners. And he was just a really hilarious guy. He was like an Irish Dell boy. And he was like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And I was like, there's nothing wrong with me. I said, I just need to tell you something about me and my life. He was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, there's nothing wrong. So I was already becoming like, shut up and listen kind of thing. And I was like, listen, Dad, there's nothing wrong. I just need to tell you and share some something about me and my life so you know you can know me a bit better. We can, you know, communicate a bit better and whatnot. And I actually didn't say it. And he was just like, he kind of went a bit quiet. I was like, do you know what I'm talking about? And he went, what do you mean? What do you mean? And I went, do you know what I'm talking about, Dad? Do you know what I'm talking about? And he went quiet for a second and then he went, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then he went, can you not go see the doctor or the priest about that? <laughs> <laughs> Which then just made me crack up. So like it just, it took the edge off it a bit, I suppose. It made it, it kind of made it a little more light in the moment. Because I just felt he knew, you know, I was in London. My aim was to be a dancer. So he kind of guessed and I didn't have a girlfriend and I hung around with girls. And I've always worn clothes, like I suppose, that none of my lad mates back home would ever wear. Like I'd wear like buffaloes back in the 90s, like platform trainers, skinny clothes. Back then, back in Wexford, if you wore anything different or if you looked different or if you were, you know, you were called this or that or gay or whatever. So I suppose he knew. I just was asking him if he was all right. He was like, I'm fine, I'm fine. It's all right, it's all right. I just said I loved you and he said I loved you as well. He did love me very much, like, like you could see it in him sometimes and the love was very much there, no matter how much chaos we went through. The love was always the thread that ran through our relationship until he died. 
Why did you not say the words, I am gay to your dad? I don't know, really, because not because I was afraid to say the words to him. It was more so that I felt I've never felt it really described me. And I've always felt like my sexuality was is a part of me, but it doesn't define me. Obviously, it defines some of your characteristics in terms of maybe things you like or, you know, um, for some people, some people are really camp. Some people are not camping the slightest like I, I just feel it's quite a, an open thing your sexuality and the only time I've ever said I'm gay over the years is just for ease of conversation with people mm. um but yeah but if somebody asked me do you have a girlfriend he says I'll say no I swing the other way or and do, do I have any interest in girls now there was a period where I I did probably see myself as more in the middle but now yeah I don't see myself ever getting with a girl but again, like, I still don't feel the need to be boxed into a certain binary, you know? Do you feel that your father characterised a stereotype of a masculine man? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, my dad was quite a masculine man. You know, he did hard labour all his life. He was quite a tough fella. He was an old Irish man as well, you know, and he was a sailor, so he went around the world. So, like, um, yeah, I think his his when he associated anything with gay, it would be queer this or anything you know or, or he'd associated with people like john inman i know are you are you being served or like you know um any camp camp comedians on tv or drag queens or whatever it might have been do you know what i mean so anything that was kind of camp and then his only association back home was probably maybe one person back home who was gay but then he would have been like the only gay in the village type who one of my cousins hung around with actually and they were a hoop together but yeah so I definitely definitely there was a a rigid association there when it came to anything get kind of gay. Did you feel a sense of pressure to live up to the way that your father was as this stereotyped masculine man? Did you feel like you had to go and play football or rugby or, well, I suppose for you it'd be Gaelic football and hurling? Hurling and Gaelic football. I, I did I did, them, I did them all. I tried them all. I tried loads of things growing up. I, I, I had so many like interests and, you know, I'd set up nature clubs. I'd be in karate one week, then I'd be in the majorettes band or I'd be like trying to play football, but running the wrong, to the wrong end of the field with the ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it just didn't interest me, man. I was all about like pop stars and Hollywood and like, you know, the glamour and like, it was just what I interested in. And I had this, the thing is as well, like I always, I've always had this fierce rebelliousness in me, even though like I could be a target by wearing particular things or whatever, or, I still didn't care. I still do it, but I still have a the consciousness that I I, I just would be very conscious that people were looking at me or people were saying things or whatever it might be. But I still did it because I refused to be, you know, told by other people who are what I can't be. And that's mm -hmm. always been the same since I was a little boy. Above it all, I've always just tried to be my true self. When you have different sides to your personality as well, I think people just think, oh well, you have to be this or you have to be that. But no, we don't because you know. Like when I'm with my straight mates, I am a different side to my character and come out than they do with my gay mates. But then that's not me trying to be somebody for them. It's just different traits of my personality. And sometimes they intermingle or whatever. Like you see people like, you know, Keegan Hurst, for example, coming out and, you know, he's a very masculine guy. But I'm sure when he's out on Canal Street in Manchester with his gay mates, there's a lot more RuPaul coming out in him. Do you know what I mean? So I think we should just embrace all of it and be like not so afraid to be showing your vulnerable side or it's very important as well when you're with your straight friends or your male friends or and there's that barrier where no one wants to talk or everyone's trying to be bravado and stuff like i i try my hardest when i'm with my straight mates not to be like that 
especially my experience back home where it's much more of a masculine vibe. I try to show them that like, you know, you can be open, you can be vulnerable and it doesn't have to be a negative thing or you don't have to be seen as the lesser. That's the thing as well. I think guys are just afraid of being seen as like the lesser and they're not masculine if they do this or they do that, which is really stupid, really. When you say lesser, what do you mean? Like a hierarchy, like it's like a pack mentality, isn't it? Like lions, like just the alpha. If you show weakness, then you're below that person. And then again, more weakness, you're below that person. So it's like kind of, it's the person that feels probably the most damaged by that is the person who's probably going to end up like committing suicides, mm. which is ridiculous because those people in that pack should be all of the be seen as all of the same level and be there to pick up their friends mm. and notice when their friends are like, you know, feeling mentally damaged or are in a bad headspace rather than just like taking the piss or laughing or like brushing it under the carpet. Cause that's when, you know, dangerous things happen and that's when yeah. people take their lives. And I think people live miserably because of that, trying to keep up with something that they're actually not because no matter how, how manly you are, how how um, masculine you deem yourself to be and what you do as a job or what you do with your life. Everybody has, all guys have a, a feminine vulnerable side to them, but no matter how very, very deep it may be, it takes bigger balls to embrace that than it ever does to have bravado and be running around thinking you're like, you know, Billy Big Dick, I don't know. <laughs> mm. There's been a massive call and a hope that Premier League football players who are gay will actually come out in that sort of setting, they're not willing to show any sort of feminine side because they're worried that you're going to be outed as gay and that must be a horrible feeling for people. We'll get back to the episode in a second. Before that, I just want to say, if you think this episode would be useful to a friend, send it along. You never know, it might just be the exact thing they're looking for today. And now back to the show. Yeah, and it's really sad that it's a horrible feeling because it's, again, you know, it's very disrespectful to, like, the gay community and to gay people because of this fear. This, I think to be, like, blunt about it, right, when you say it to straight fellas, and I've said it, I've had this experience before because I've had this talk with somebody before and I've said to them, like, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the word gay? And I was, and he was like, uh, uh, and I was like, it's bombing in it. You just think of like being bombed. And he was like, uh, well, yeah, I suppose so. And I was like, well, why do you think, why does your mind go straight to sex when it comes to this? Do you know what I mean? You're just bypassing the person and all you're seeing is like sex and like negative stuff and like all backs to the wall and all that shit. It's ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? And I think that a lot of straight guys have this big fear of being seen as like, again, Gay people have been seen as the lesser for a hell of a long time, and only now things are changing. But yeah, until a Premier League player comes out, which there's definitely few of them, and until they have the, you know, the balls to come out and be themselves, and you know, maybe they don't want to be a poster boy for it, whatever. But they're gonna they're gonna make headlines. But they should be also allowed to deal with it in their own way. They shouldn't have to be a poster boy for it. But football seems to be the yeah the one, the one where it's still a big taboo. The reason why I use football is the number one sport in the country and think about the influence that that could have on changing perceptions around homosexuality in this country because everyone knows who Cristiano Ronaldo is, everyone knows who Harry Kane is and all these other Premier League players. It could really change things because the word gay, when I think of that word in society, it made me think of weakness which is interesting because it, it goes back to what it ties in with what you said about being lesser or, or being lower down the lower down the hierarchy. 
it's like you know the word gay there a few years ago still a little bit now but not so much was used you hear a lot of kids in school going oh my god that's so gay and like i've heard kids saying it and i've pulled them up on it because again it's that you're you're saying it in a way that like it's the lesser oh that's gay it's like you know that's shit that's crap like that's like like do, we don't want to be associated with that and that's just a, another form of like homophobia, really. That kind of thing needs to be stamped out in the vocabulary, the same way as other words like the F word and stuff. That needs to be stamped out as well. I want to explore this, uh, you and your father, and how did your relationship change after you had the phone call, you know, six months, a year, however many years down the line? Well, to be honest, as it went on, he just kind of, I think he did try to brush it under the car, but he, he knew, you know, but... He did try to kind of, he, he found it hard to accept. So again, there was still sometimes he would mention girls or getting married or so that. And like, I, I did have to tell him kind of twice more. <laughs> but that was, um, you know, that was in a pub situation and I was a bit upset about stuff and I just kind of needed him to kind of get it. So I, I was I was trying to like make him understand. But it never, it never changed anything really. It didn't change us and our relationship was, Father's son, he never disowned me or judged me or anything like that. But he also, the communication, it didn't improve. So the communication that was a barrier that was already there was still was still there. Yeah, because he's come from such a different generation. Yeah, plus he grew up in a time where it was illegal to be gay. You know, in the 50s, he saw people who were gay basically hunted and like put in prison and beaten up all the time. And like, so his experience of it through his life, he would have seen stuff like that happen. So it was ingrained in him and then for his son to be saying it to him, I guess it was kind of a scary thing for him as well and fueled his anxiety and worry about me and what was going to happen to me in my life. Yeah. I think for the fact there's a 46-year age gap. I think, you know, there would be other people out there with parents with, where their parents were a lot older and they would be able to talk to those parents. And, you know, it was just, it comes down to the personality and that person's life and their experiences as well. I mean, like in, in terms of like sex education, there was zero, like nothing. Like um, I learned nothing in school. I think we, they showed us a, a, a birth video once in science. <laughs> that was as much as I got. So then like, you know, there was none of that. I wasn't even allowed to watch Kissing on like soap operas, like Home and Away or Neighbours or whatever. My dad would be like, ah, ah, look away. Uh, so it was just like totally, total repression when it came to like the sexual side of things. So I definitely couldn't have talked to him about anything like that. I don't, sometimes I do wonder if I was, if I had a got, you know, if I was with a girl, I got married, whatever, would I be able to talk to him a bit more? And I still don't think I would have been able to because that side of things was just totally off limits. We'd never spoke about anything to do with sex or, you know, so again, in terms of like my emotional state and my, him wanting me to know more about, me wanting him to know more about my life. I also couldn't talk to him about anything to do with sex. So there's two, two kind of barriers there, you know? Mm. So it was, it, was, it was quite a lot for me to like keep, keep in. So mm. I think that was one of maybe one of the reasons as well. I thought maybe telling him might help us communicate mm. better. You hear about a lot of people who are gay and they, they get married to someone just to appease their, their parents. But in your case, it sounds like it wouldn't have even changed the relationship anyway. It just would have mean that you would have been living an inauthentic life because you're not allowed to be who you really are. Oh, yeah. No, totally. I think my dad would have been really happy if I had got married because he would have thought, oh, that's fine now. He's, he's settled. He can have some children. And he would have, I'm sure, got on really well with the, the wife and he would have loved to have seen the grandchildren. He would have been, you know, 
but you know that wasn't that's not who I am and that's not what I the way my life was meant to be so um yeah but I mean you know people have done that and people still doing that today to, today you know in other countries and stuff and probably here in the UK as well like Gareth Thomas was married for a, a number of years living a living a, a double life you know so he's an interesting guy because obviously he's come from that really masculine pursuit of rugby yeah obviously he, he came up many many years ago now yes yeah, good few years ago now I know yeah. that, that attitude he did an interview in attitude magazine i remember it reading and i think he came out in a, in a, in a newspaper though but um yeah i remember his interview in attitude magazine was really really interesting and really quite an important thing probably for a lot of young lads to read this is it as well like you go you know there's people some of the things you see in, 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 in media and stuff can really have an impact on, you know, and the words people hear from podcasts to wherever, like it can really help somebody, you know, feel who is feeling very lost in the moment, whether it be due with mental health or, or their sexuality, just to hear that someone else has gone through it, has come through it or has dealt with it in a, in a way to maybe they're not dealing with it. It can really like, you know, save somebody. Mm. Did you change as a man in any way after the conversation with your dad and coming out to him? No, I don't think so. I always try to just live my authentic self, regardless of what people think of me and, mm. you know, regardless of judgments and, and that. But obviously, like, as you're growing up, that's that's a journey in itself. Yeah. yeah. How did you change as a man after coming out? I suppose I was very, I was probably more conscious of it when I, every time I went back home because people knew and stuff. Like, so more people knew and I was probably more conscious of it. And like, you know, sitting in the pub, I'd be, maybe a little bit paranoid if somebody would be thinking, oh, he's the gay one, he's gay, or whatever, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I suppose that it, it, it fueled stuff in a bad way, but also, yeah, obviously it's it's more freeing when you're not trying to, mm. not that I ever really tried to hide it anyway that much, but I, did, mm. I didn't, I kept it from my dad. After you came out in 2005 and you went into pubs and, you know, people knew about you being gay, were you trying to put on this sort of masculine side or were you just being yourself, you know, trying to, because you, because it probably wasn't as accepted then? I would say there was times that I probably did dumb it down a bit. Like I have, I've always had like an anxiety about going home, whether that be to do with my dad and his drinking or whether it was to do with previous bullying or judgments or people, you know, just, just the paranoia and a, a kind of a, an anxiety. Mm. And I literally only broke that anxiety this year. Like, yeah, which was crazy and such such a weight lifted as well. Because like I said, I've never cared what people thought when I got home, but I was very conscious that I was making myself stand out. Um, but to be fair, Ireland has changed so much in the last yeah. 20 so years. It's uh, like unbelievably, oh, yeah. the changes are unbelievable there. Like there's so many like gay kids, trans kids, um, whatever non-binary kids in Ireland and like they address it more it's more addressed in schools I think as well as because like the, the Catholic religion is um its grip has been lessened on the country so I think you know obviously Ireland was I think believe the first country in the world to um to legalize gay marriage via a referendum from the people which was amazing so you know what I mean so they're paving the way it was paving the way as a country and also I think just attitudes have changed you know mm -hmm. the gen uh, as generations change and like nobody's ever said anything to me actually nobody's ever said any apart from stuff in school but in terms of being an adult nobody's ever i can't think of any i can give a couple of comments but and like some knobhead from school who like turned around when i went to shake his hands like that that was one instance but um 
yeah, like, other than that, I can't really think of it. No one's ever really said anything to me. Plus, I've had my girls around me and my friends, like, fiercely protecting me. <laughs> you can't knock the protection from Irish girls. You're a published <laughs> author. Larry, can you just very briefly mention about your about the books you've written? Yeah, so I've got three books. Um, well, two of my own. One is a collaboration book. So the, my first book is called Being Brave. Second book on the back of my first book, which I got asked to be part of, was called, is called A Book of Hope. So that was uh, that's 101 Voices talking about their mental health journeys and tools. Uh, and then my newest book just came out earlier this year. It's called The Mindset Handbook. Um, and that's me sharing everything I've kind of learned in the last five years since Being Brave came out, kind of in a shorter, punchier hand, handbook style about mindset and various other things from visualization to comparison and judgment. Yeah, so they're, they're all out now on Amazon. As men, we often wear masks in public that can enhance certain aspects of our personality and reduce other aspects. But there's a balance to it as well, because if we enhance or reduce excessively, it feels like we're not being our true selves. Why do we feel the need to do this as men? People have lots of ways that they define themselves. And a lot of what we do is we label people. He's a gay guy, she's this, he's that. Larry has made the decision not to define himself by his sexuality. So perhaps we don't need to define his story by his sexuality as well. In a lot of ways, this episode was about the old generation and the new generation. Larry is a progressive, open-minded guy. His dad was more old school and wanted him to have that nuclear family life, wife and two children, and live a traditional life in Ireland. I was really impressed by the fact that Larry was very understanding of his dad and understood that he came from a completely different background and had a completely different reality to him. He didn't show any anger or frustration towards this, even though his dad didn't accept his sexuality. And at the end of the day, we can't control the feelings and emotions of other people. All we can do is control our own thoughts, feelings and emotions. I think a lot of times we want to change our parents. I know I've done that as well in the past. And I've felt a lot more love and happiness in their presence and really as part of the whole relationship once I've just accepted them for who they are. Before you go, let me tell you about our man test. The team and I created it with the belief that every man has hidden, untapped potential and I want to help you discover what it could be. Let's face it, we've all got dreams and aspirations, but the stresses of life can get in the way. I know I've been there myself. As men, each one of us has skills and knowledge that sets us apart from the rest. It's about discovering what they are and making the most of them. The man test is simple, it takes less than three minutes and will help you discover your true strengths and talents by working out what kind of modern man you really are. Find the link in the show notes and take the man test today. You never know, you might just learn something new about yourself that you didn't know before.